0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise be to the living God. Aren't you thankful that Jesus chose to come to the earth? Aren't you thankful that he came to be one of us, to justify us? and to set us free, and ultimately to take us home to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. What a good God we serve. And today is now our second message in the Light of the World series, and um, I'm just so excited to be talking to you about the Christmas season, excited to be talking about um, when Jesus came because the Bible teaches so much to us through these stories, and I love to meditate on them every year before we get into the word I want to do, um, I want to recognize New Life Tabernacle. They're kind of been joining in with us for this series from Nanuet, New York. God bless you to all of the New Life Tabernacle family. We love you, and we're, we're praying for the Lord's uh, richest blessings to fall upon your lives, your ministry there and to use you mightily to make an impact during this Christmas season. And you know, as, as I stand in front of you today, I just recently, yesterday, was um, Christy and I's uh, uh, 28th anniversary. We've been together for 28 years, and it's just amazing to me that we are gonna be celebrating, starting into our 29th year. And, and can I just tell you, Outside of, um outside of my salvation, hands down the greatest gift that God ever gave me was Chrissy. And I'm so, I, I love her so much. And I want to give you just one reason, and it actually relates to this message today, but I want to give you just one reason why she's been such a blessing in my life. See, from the, from the beginning when we first got married, one of the most important questions one of the, the guiding questions of our lives has always been, and I was a little bit insecure about this, but it has always been, what is the will of God? What is God's will for us? What does the Lord want us to do? And when I speak to insecurity, is uh, I, what I mean by that is that, you know, when you want to be the head of your household and you're asking a question uh, about your household, a lot of times the questions are more like, well, what? how much will that cost us? What? How much sacrifice will that take? How much inconvenience? But I just praise God because Chrissy was always willing to do whatever God wanted us to do. And can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? Uh, um, When you look at the Christmas story, one of the things that shouts at us is that from the moment that Jesus broke into this world, and it, and it, it shouts at us previous, but from the moment he broke into this world, Jesus wanted to lead and guide us. He wanted to to show us the way that we should go. Not just the way to heaven, but every day, Jesus wants to be our guide. And that's the title of today's message. Today, we're talking about the fact that light, hallelujah, guides. The light of Christ is meant to guide. And in this story, you're going to see how God chose to guide these three wise men. And these three wise men, they saw the light, they saw a star, and they followed him. What I want to do is I want to just jump right into it today. This is from Matthew chapter 2. And the Bible says here, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, we saw his light when it rose and have come to worship him. These lines are very, very important. It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Interesting. When he had uh, called together all the people's chief priests and the uh, teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And we know that that was a lie. We know that he didn't want to worship him. And it says, After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. A little bit more. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Just a little bit more. It says, and having been been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is a beautiful and classic story of the fact that God wants to guide his people. The light guides. This story shouts at us that when Jesus broke into the world, as he broke into the world, he was teaching us that he came to lead us and to guide us. During this Christmas season, it is so, what an amazing opportunity for us To understand that the Lord wants to really take over our lives and lead our lives by his mighty power can I tell you I just want to pray a moment but if I was to break this story down for my grandsons here's what I would say this story is simply uh, um, summarized like this well I probably wouldn't use the word summarized with them but I would just say here's the way this story goes wise men follow the light of Christ, and foolish men reject it. That's basically what happened. The wise men followed him, and the foolish rejected him. And what I want to pray right now is that God will shine his light because we have hearts to follow him. You realize if you follow the Lord, you will never regret it. You will never regret following and receiving the guidance of God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of his word. God wants to guide you into the best life that you could ever live on this earth, and then he'll take you into heaven. But that's what we have available to us if we'll open up our hearts. So whether you're in in New York, part of New Life Tabernacle, regardless of how old you are, Today is a day to say, Lord, I'm opening up my heart to you because I want you to be my guide. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, and we praise you, and we love you, Lord. And God, what a privilege it is to have you as our ruler. What a privilege it is to have you as our guide. You are the light of the world. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. You want to guide your people, each and every one of us. And so, Lord, would you breathe upon this word today? God, I ask that you would breathe um, your breath of life, your breath of direction, O oh God, into living rooms and kitchens and, and cars, oh God, and office spaces right now. Father, would you move by your mighty power right now and speak to your people? I pray, oh God, that decisions, Lord, would be made clear by the power of the Holy Spirit today. And I pray that people would be led by you. We just want to be led by you. We just want to follow you. So bless this word now by your mighty power. Oh God, minister to every heart and life. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about being guided by the light of Christ, guided by God. And and I need to um, clarify a couple of things. So when you think about being guided by the Lord, it's important to understand that the natural or physical dynamics of Scripture um, they're, they're always changing. They're always fluid. For example, they were led by a star, but that doesn't mean that we need to go outside tonight to look at stars to be led by the Lord. That's not the way this works. Sometimes he led them. Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, it was fire, a pillar of fire by night or, or a pillar of cloud during the day. All throughout Scripture, God led people differently. He spoke to people differently. In this particular passage, an angel spoke to them, but it's not always an angel. The dynamics are always different, but there are key indicators that lead to God's people being led. See, God wants to guide everyone, but not everyone wants to be guided, As you see in this story, Herod didn't really want to be led by the Lord. And so, you know, I was talking to to a friend, actually this week, and uh, a businessman, and he was telling me how he was trying to um, get a a particular um, issue into a deal that he was doing and he couldn't get it in. And, um, and he was kind of disappointed because he couldn't get this particular detail that he felt was very, very important. But nonetheless, they did the deal. And this, this is a guy who really loves the Lord and really wants to honor the Lord, um, but he couldn't get it in. And so now, fast forward, many, you know, let's say months later, years later, I'm not exactly sure on, the, on that particular detail, He was saying how um, uh, now he's so grateful that he couldn't get that detail in. And you know, when we wanna be led by God, he does lead us even though it's not a perfect understanding. You see, so there won't be a star. I'm not preaching about a star tonight. I'm not preaching about the fact that an angel is gonna visit you and tell you exactly what to do. The Spirit of the Lord leads everyone differently, but there are some key indicators on our side that will position us to be led by God. And that's what I want to talk about. Yes, there will be the miraculous outcomes, but, the, but let's focus on the spiritual indicators of being led by God. So what we see here in this story is, first of all, the light of God guides those who surrender. The light of God guides those who surrender. What we see in this passage is that these wise men, they surrendered and they followed. They gave up. What did they surrender? They surrendered time. They surrendered their energy. They surrendered their occupations. They they left where they were because God was telling them to go someplace. And so surrender is the biggest factor of being led by God because God, you're not even going to see the light, so to speak. Why is it that Herod could not see the light? Why is it that the teachers of the law couldn't see the light but these wise men could see the light? It's simple. It was because in in, in the, the hearts of the wise men, they had surrendered and they were willing to follow. Some people think about God in a very intellectual way and they wanna process God in a very intellectual way. But let me tell you something, if you wanna be led by God, you need to surrender. And I was thinking about this and let me, let me I wanna make this super practical. So can I tell you this? Surrender is the key to guidance, but this passage teaches us that worship is the key to surrender. You see, how do you know if you're really surrendered? Well, practically speaking, on a day-to-day basis, you know if you're surrendered if you really are giving him offerings of worship and honor and praise. And I'm not just talking about just lifting your hands and singing, Or although for some people, that's like, a, uh, that's like a big deal. These men, they gave up their own time. They could have been doing lots of things, but they saw the star, and they knew this is what I need to occupy myself with. I need to follow the light. They surrendered whatever else that they were doing, When God wants to guide us, he's looking at our hearts and saying, will you surrender? And can I I just tell you something? Look at what you're worshiping, and it'll tell you what you're really surrendered to. Look at how you're worshiping, and it'll tell you the level of surrender. Some people think that worship is getting some chills and some thrills. You know, oh, I felt the presence of God, and I'm all for experiencing the presence of God. But the depth of true worship is that we bow down and we surrender. Why are you here? We're here to surrender. We're here to worship. We have come to worship the Most High God. You know, as a kind of a little example of this, I was um, thinking about the Queen of England. I had the privilege of standing in front of um, Buckingham Palace with my wife. We, we were in London, and, um, you know, we were pretty, um, pretty impressive. And here's the interesting thing about the Queen of England. I mean, she lives in this great palace, um, um, it's larger than life. Everywhere she goes, there's all of this pageantry and all of this honor. It's, you know, um, it's just an amazing uh, spectacle in the, in the best sense of the word. She appears to be one of the most powerful people in the world, but the truth of the matter is, is that she can't vote. She can't veto. She can Uh, tell people in government how she feels about something, but she doesn't have any ruling influence. And many times, the children of God treat him more like the Queen of England. They love the pageantry. They love the palace. They love... They love the stories. They love the Bible. They love to even quote the Bible. They love going to church once a week. But the truth of the matter is, is they're not surrendered to his will. He doesn't have the final say. Surrender means that you bow down and you lay it all down. And if you wanna be led by God, I wanna encourage you. Lay it all down before the Lord. Because when we yield... Then the supernatural, the amazing things of God start to happen. God wants to use his people with the gift of prophecy. And it's an amazing thing how God will reach you and guide you and lead you when you're willing to be led, when you actually have surrendered. Forgive me for the personal references, but can I tell you a story? My wife and I were in Omaha, Nebraska, and we were... I was 29 years old, and we were, um, w- miraculously we, we, be, we were the heads of, we got voted in as the lead pastors of a church of a thousand uh, when I was 28. I didn't have experience, I, I actually I was 30 years old at this point in time, but I didn't have experience in preaching, and it was just a miracle that we got voted in. Um, fast forward three years later. Things were going pretty well. We were about to do a a building project. My wife and I were gonna buy a house and like all of these things were happening. And one morning I woke up and I had this deep impression from God like something was about to change. Lo and behold, I got a phone call from my father-in-law that morning. And um, that morning he invited us to leave that Post and go back and support and serve um, serve them because of all the things that were going on at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And I remember being on the phone with, uh, with Pastor Simbla. And I remember when I hung up the phone, I literally said, I said it out loud. I said, Lord, I'll do this, but I really need you to write it on the wall. And so I went home and I talked to Chrissy about it and we decided to take a couple days. We went away and we fasted and we prayed. And so, um, see, that's the place of surrender. This is very, very important what I'm talking about right now. That's the place. There's a moment... When God starts to move upon your life and guide your life and you have to completely yield and surrender, you have to to give up the the steering wheel of your life. You have to take the back seat and give God the front seat. You got to let him be in charge. You've got to give him the full say. And so we went away and we prayed and we really felt like God gave us the word serve and so we felt pretty convinced that um, that we, we we might need to leave what was going pretty well and what was really blessed and and a very comfortable life, and we might need to leave and go and so I get back to um, Omaha, and when I get back to Omaha, we were in the midst of like buying a new house. And so we just kind of kept going through the process and we got to the day, the very day that um, they said, tomorrow we sign contracts and this thing is on. And I, I, you know, I had a sense, but I wasn't sure. I go into the office the next morning and I get a letter from, I believe it was Austin, Texas. And the letter said as follows. It said, um, um, dear Pastor Toledo, I was in one of your meetings uh, a few weeks ago. I, uh, I drive a truck across the country. And, and by the way, no one in the church knew this, no board member, no one knew this, just Christy and I were praying about it at the time. And so the letter says, uh, hello, Pastor Toledo, I was in one of your services recently. I drive a truck across the country. And stopped in Omaha, and I was in the balcony. And while you were preaching, the Lord spoke to me. And He gave me a vision of you being someplace else in a different city. And all, I mean, and He spelled out the whole thing right there from Austin, Texas. And guess what God did that day? God wrote it on the wall. But here's what I believe I believe that it wouldn't have been written on the wall. If we hadn't gone away and prayed and surrendered. And I I, want to say this, especially, I want to say this to every Christian who's listening to me. If you are saved, when you were saved before the foundations of the earth, God chose to save you and to redeem you because he had a great purpose for your life. He had a plan for your life. He had a plan for your life that's better than your plan, that's bigger than your plan, that's greater than your plan. It may, you may not understand it. You may not prefer it. But I'm telling you right now, God's dream for your life is 10 times better than your dream for your life. Because God knows the outcome. He knows how he wants to use you, and he always does. Uh, I remember Pastor Matt preached a message God works for our good and for his glory. And he always does that, but the key is surrender. And if you will surrender, I'm telling you right now, God is gonna find what you need to hear his voice and to be led by his spirit. So in the name of Jesus, when we go to end this message, You could be a professional, and you could be a rising star in your company. And I'm telling you right now, if they're offering you things, first surrender it to the Lord. There are people right now who are feeling so much tension in their homes, and people are getting tempted and saying, I can't make it in this marriage. Start with surrender. Don't move until you first surrender. When you yield, God will guide. So that's the first indicator. And listen, sometimes surrender, and and, and this is why I talked about worship, sometimes there's a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes we worship God from hard places and difficult places, but the Spirit of God today, right now, His eyes are going to and fro throughout the earth. And anyone in your kitchen, in in your bedroom, in your living room, anyone that will lift their hands and say, God, this is difficult, this is challenging, but I worship you. I surrender to your kingship and your lordship. I'm telling you right now, the provision of heaven is coming to your life. Because he wants to guide you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He wants to guide his people, but he guides those who surrender. We surrender and we worship. Then secondly, my second point, and then we'll be closing if they could send one of the, one of the musicians. The second kind of key indicator of worship is light guides those who seek the purpose of God. Okay, There is a point of decision where we go to choose A or B and his purpose has to be the guiding factor. So let's make this real practical. Here, the king of that area speaks to them and says, come back to me. And and he says, because I wanna worship him too. The king of that area says, you can have an audience with me. But then the Lord sends an angel and says, go a different way. And they made a decision right there and then that they were going to follow the will and the purposes of God. Now, this is a very, very important thing because we are living in days where someone else's voice can be stronger than God's voice and God's will and God's purpose and God's plan. In fact, I was talking to a young man recently, really smart, really gifted, really sharp, and he was basically saying to me, you know what, so-and-so gave me their phone number. And you should really listen to me because so-and-so thinks so much of me that they gave me, I can just pick up the phone and call them. Well, here's what I would say. It doesn't matter what people think of you and what what people might say about what you should do with your life. What really matters is what God says, and this is the example. The wise men were more impressed by a little baby in a manger than a king who was sitting on the throne. He was the man. He was the the mayor, the governor, the president, the whomever. And they chose to honor that little baby because his purposes must rule. God wants to guide his people, but there are points of decisions where we've got to just simply say, Lord, what do you wanna do? And how do you want to do it? Um, which way do you want me to go? I want to do this because I want to fulfill your purpose. Look at what A.W. Tozer said. It's not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular, it's why he does it. Why do we do what we do? We do it because we want to fulfill. The will of God. Anyone who really wants to fulfill the will of God will have the light of God guiding them. Listen to what, this is, this is a really cool because it all starts by a moment of prayer. Listen to what David Livingston said. It said, he, he prayed a prayer early on. He said, Lord, send me anywhere, only go with me. Lay any burden on me, only sustain me, sever any ties, but the tie that binds me, your servant. Uh, to, I'm sorry, that binds me to your serv- to your service and to your heart. And so he prayed this prayer, not knowing. And then what happened is God began to unfold the plan to go to Africa. And David Livingston became one of the great missionaries and had this great influence on Africa. But that surrender to the will, to the plan, to the purposes of God was first. It was everything. You can bow your heart down today and it will influence where you end up tomorrow. It's a yielding to the purpose of God. Don't get married until you surrender don't make don't make professional choices until you yield to the purposes of God for your life. God wants to use us in such amazing ways, but it all begins with, God, what do you really want to do with my life? And it's big and yet it's small it's super practical. I'll close with this. We were just talking about the fact that this this is not a Christian, but a Uh, um, A Christian kind of sports, uh, non-Christian sportscaster. He's like an ESPN personality. Here's what he said. He said, you know, um, when I used to travel and go into different towns when I was early, I'm in my 40s now, but when I was in my 20s, we would travel and go into the towns, into different cities and we would do shows and I would very often say after a show, hey guys, let's, let's go experience this city. Let's Let's check out the nightlife and let's, let's go have some fun and, and all of the above. And very often, there were a couple of guys who were married. And they would say, you know what? I'm going to pass on that. I'm just going back to my hotel room because I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm not with that. I'm going to just go back to my hotel. I'm going to call my wife or, or whatever. And uh, he said... That at the time, he used to get really disappointed and, say, and, and frustrated with them. But now that he's gotten older and he under, understands life differently, he was like, can I tell you something? It's so good that they chose to do what they should do because they knew that wasn't in the plan for them. They understood. I know I don't need to be there and I know I don't need to go there no matter what it offers me. Well, for a Christian, that should be so easy and so clear because we can ask ourselves, it doesn't matter who's calling us. It doesn't matter what impressive person is, is reaching out to us. What matters is what is the purpose and the plan of God. And I'm telling you right now, light shines for those who say, show me your will, show me your way, Lord. I just wanna fulfill the reason why I'm here. And I'm thinking about the COVID season. I'm thinking about this time that we find ourselves in history. You know, you only get one shot at this. This is our time. We we weren't born during World War I. We weren't born during the Great Depression. We were born during a season that we would end up in, in a COVID crisis. But hallelujah, God has a great purpose for our lives. And I wanna pray today for deep surrender. I wanna to pray today for such a yielding to the purposes of God. And I'm telling you, his light is gonna to begin to shine and he's gonna show us the way that we should go. So come on, let's lift our hands right now. I recognize that some people really need to climb on an altar and die. Some people need to to offer themselves as a living sacrifice today. Some people might be that hard to say yes to the will of God, but we're standing together and we're encouraging you and we're rooting for you and we're believing with you. We as the children of God, we want to say yes to God in every way because we know we won't regret it.